Welcome back to the Cadet Conversations and Coffee podcast. I'm your host, Michael Collison. This week on the pod, I talked with Matt Mulford, high school math teacher, about how he grew up in a small town called Bradford uh, and went to school at Iowa Falls. And uh, his family had a construction business, and it kind of led to his path of teaching in, in a unique way. Um, Mr. Mulford talks a lot about what he loves about teaching, and, and that's the students. He develops great connections with them, and he loves to go support them at their events. If you go to any of our sporting events, you'll probably see him and his wife, Aaron there, not only supporting their own children, but all the kids in school. He also talks about his love for the Minnesota Vikings, despite some of the disappointment that goes with that. I hope you enjoy the episode. And as always, if you like what we're doing here on the pod, give us a like, follow, or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy the show. All right, so I'm here with Matt Mulford, high school math teacher. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Matt. No problem. Yeah. Enjoy. So first, let me ask you a little bit about your family, where you grew up. All right. I grew up about 10 miles north of here, a little town called Bradford, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I went to school in Iowa Falls. Uh, my family has always been in Bradford. My grandparents, my grandpa uh, and grandparents lived in Bradford. So my whole family has been there all our lives. My dad, mom and dad still live in Bradford. Um, they have a family business there that's been going since my grandpa, my, my dad and him, that, that business has built probably over 400 houses in town here. Oh, yeah. So we have a lot of places. There's a little division up, uh, <clears throat> by the nursing home that has our names, Mulford Avenue, Mulford Drive, Coila, Pearl. Uh, there's my grandparents and, and great grandparents. So that's where Coila comes from. Yeah. So, so the, I got to talk about that real quick. They just made me think about something. Uh, a former classmate of mine, she's two years older than me, um, Abby Ellingson, now Abby Creighton, and Derek Creighton, who sure. was on the basketball team with me. They named their daughter Coila because they just thought that was such a cool name. Oh, nice. And so so that's from your family. Yep, that comes from my family. Wow. Most people know Coila because of the uh, Christmas tree or the Christmas lights house, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where you go to every year for that one house that lights up the street. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Based on the radio songs, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, wow. the connection with the radio. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And so, so the whole division that he kind of built that little area up there. Built the houses back then. The houses were selling brand new for fifteen thousand or, oh, wow. or under. So brand new house with you know garage and everything for mm-hmm. under fifteen thousand. That's awesome. And 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 so you mentioned um, you know it's a family business. Um, you know during the, the the height of the pandemic when we were at home and doing online learning and things like that. I was home with my daughter and I I'd, I'd be I'd be. Go take her on walks, and I'd see you yep. working. You working know? on that house with the uh, big white columns, and yeah, I, absolutely, yeah. Away. So people always always talk about teachers. You know, like what do they do in the summer? I got to imagine some of your summers have been spent helping out the family with with that. Absolutely, job. from the day I get out of school, I go start to work that next day with my brother uh, and my dad. My dad's still he's in his mid seventies now, and he still you know works every day and. And works with my brother. Him and I, before I got into teaching, that's what I did. I was uh, in construction, mostly doing siding and windows type thing. And that's what I still do every summer. Yeah, well, I think that's so cool. Um, And, you know, you think about, like, growing up in Iowa Falls, I always would see the the name Mulford, you know, Mm -hmm. on the trucks and things like that. And I actually had not met you until I got to school um, here as a teacher. 
but the first Mulford I ever met was Tyler Mulford, who I believe is your nephew. Tyler's my nephew. Yeah, yeah. he lives in Australia now. Yeah, which is so cool. Yeah, Tyler. Um, so you on, know Tyler. Yeah, on the other side of Tyler's family, he's a Jensen, yep, right? And yep. so one of my good Mary friends. Mary Jensen is a substitute here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's all these connections to Iowa Falls, and, and it's cool. Um, one of my good friends growing up, Dan Jensen, um, you know, I used to spend a lot of time out yeah. at the Jensen Lake and sure. um, at his house and got to know Tyler through that. Um, I always heard rumors that Tyler's dad can make some great chili. That's my brother. Yep, and that's yep. your brother. So yep. so you, you said you got your dad, and then how many brothers do you have? So I got uh, Bart and Brett. Bart, mm -hmm. Bart still lives in town. He lives just actually on Taylor here yep. right across from high school. And Brett lives in Illinois. He's a salesman, actually a sales manager out there in Illinois. Awesome. And any sisters? No sisters, just the two brothers. Which, the is, which is kind of funny because you, you, you only had brothers and now you have daughters. I have four daughters, <laughs> yep. I have uh, Haley, who's uh, in eighth grade, she's 13. Mm -hmm. I've got Allie, who's a senior this year, just you know, getting close to graduating. And I got two daughters over in you and I. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I've taught two of your daughters. Katie and Maddie, very nice. Yeah, and I've, I've taught two of your daughters, and they're outstanding kids, great students. And um, and your wife, Erin, works here at the school. Yep, works down at the library. Awesome. That's so cool. And, and uh, yeah, I think one of the things are, are, are one of the cool parts of when our listeners listen to this is, you know, they may know who you are and know your name, but they start to see how you're not only connected to the school, but to the community. And, you know, you talk about your family literally building part of it. That's yep. pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's a big part of who I am is, is that growing up around this area and getting getting to know people. And now when I go out you know, as a teacher, since I've had their students, they see me in public and sometimes they know me and I have to have, need help with figuring out who they are. But I usually make the connection that way. For sure. Awesome. So um, talk to me a little bit about uh, you as a student. OK, so think back to I, what year did you graduate mm -hmm. high school? 88. 88. So with Mr. Norm. Awesome. In my grade. Great year. Mm -hmm. um, so what did you like and dislike about school as a student? Like and dislike. Um, thinking back uh, thinking back to that time, I think what stands out most is the different teachers that I had. That, uh, a couple that stood out to me or that made big influence on me is uh, C.E. Sadoff, mm -hmm. Craig Sadoff, who's passed away since, since then. Uh, he has a son now that's a superintendent in Indianola, mm -hmm. Art Sadoff. Um, and he was an English teacher for me. He... he taught in Mrs. Nist, Miss Nistel's room mm -hmm. where she's at right now. And he always, back then it, it seemed like he had a uh, connection with students from Bradford. But I think now that I think back on it is he kind of made that connection with all, he made all of his students feel like they were connected to him, you know, made them feel important. And I think he did a nice job of, of, uh, of connecting with the students and just making them feel important. And then another teacher that really stands out to me is uh, Brent Peters. He was uh, my accounting teacher who taught in, uh, it would be Mr. Becker's room now. And he was uh, made a point of, um, I remember every week on Monday, he'd have a thought of the week and it'd be nothing to do with accounting. It'd just be sure. kind of a, just, just thoughts and get people talk, get the students talking. And, and that was, I think that's what really stood out to me to the most was those teachers that wasn't all about their subject. It was more about, uh, you know, making the connections with the students. Yeah, and when you're in a couple of the things you're talking about with those teachers, I, I see those qualities in you. I know that um, you, you had thought thoughts mm -hmm. of the week or, yep, you know, riddles on, or, um, on your board. And if you walk by Mr. Mulford's room, sometimes you, you might be going to just uh, talk with a teacher about a question and then you end up, 
I, I know sometimes for myself, I end up staring at your door for a couple minutes trying yeah. to figure it out. I try to put a problem or some mm -hmm. riddle or something up there. And so the students will be able to post with like post-it notes and yeah. try to put the answers up. But we get a conversation going in the room sometimes. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, and then also, I think, too, what you talk about with Mr. Sadoff and the ability to build connections with students, that is without a doubt you're a strength of yours. You know, like every year you see kids talk about a teacher that they really connect mm -hmm. well with. And a lot of them say you. So I think yeah. that that's that's a, that's a compliment to those teachers. But also it shows sometimes with teachers, we want to be like those teachers that inspired us. And that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I was a pretty quiet student, you know, and so those teachers that made the effort to make connections with me kind of influenced how I teach. Mm -hmm. so I, that's kind of why I try to do that. Also kind of cool that one of your favorite teachers was an English teacher mm -hmm. and, and you're a math guy. Yep, I did. I had another one. Mr. Mao is a math mm -hmm. teacher. But yeah, English teacher really made a big influence on my life. Awesome. Cool. So um, I'm going to jump ahead in some of our questions. Um, you, you said you were in construction for a little bit. Mm -hmm. How did you know you wanted to maybe make that jump into teaching? Well, I, I knew I always liked math. You know, starting in high school, I had Mr. Mao, who is he taught actually in the room that I'm teaching right in right now. We, so we share the same room. But I just always, at that time in high school, I don't know if I knew I wanted to teach math, but I knew that I was good at it. You know, I kind mm -hmm. of understood it and without putting a ton of eff extra effort into it, I didn't, uh, it came kind of naturally to me. And then when I got to college, um, I had the professors there that really showed me kind of the beauty of what math is and how the patterns show up, you know, in nature and just, you know, everything around us kind of connects to math. And so I kind of uh, really grew, you know, my uh, love for math kind of grew from at that point. And then I knew that I kind of wanted to do, go into teaching, you know, share, you know, share the, my passion with about math and how it's not just numbers and, and um, quizzes, rules and, and quizzes <laughs> and stuff that you are follow, but it's more about noticing things around you. You know, yeah. some of the, our best uh, philosophers and psychologists and stuff were mathematicians because their, their brains have been trained to look for those patterns and not only in numbers and things, but in people and nature and different things like that. Oh, yeah. And I think um, what you're describing in your experience in college is kind of that answer to the question when kids say, when are we going to use this? You know, you were getting mm -hmm. some of those answers. And and so, um, you know, to be able to give that to kids is pretty cool. And um, I always envy, um, you know, you, you talk about having a math mind and it was kind of natural. I always mm -hmm. envy that because I think um, there are so many careers now that are that are happening um, where math is such a is such a powerful knowledge area. You know, if you have that you can adapt, I think, like computer science majors. If you have a math mind, that's yep. that's a field that will make a little bit more sense than if you're like me, who I love character development, all that. Math, right. is, math is such a powerful field. Yep. And that's one thing I try to emphasize with my students about that math isn't about, you know, the specifics that I'm going to be teaching you. You know, we have our standards and there's definitely some things I have to teach you and you need to show me that you understand those, but it's more about um, building that, the mindset of, of learning how to solve problems, how to organize your thoughts and put them, yeah. you know, put them some order to it so you can kind of see things from a different perspective. For sure. Um, so have you only taught here at Iowa Falls? Or? Yep. Awesome. yep. I start, I graduated from Iowa State with a math degree and had my teaching license. And right away I applied for some jobs. I was working for my dad at the time, you know, making in the low 20, 25,000, somewhere in that area. And I had a job offer right away. The only job interview I did was at uh, Truro High School, I-35 High School in, um, in Truro. And uh, 
I, I have a buddy who coaches there. That's oh, yeah. a tough word to say for me. True road. True. I know. <laughs> um, I got the offer, and it, the starting pay back then was like seventeen eight, seventeen thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And I just bought a new car, and it was just <laughs> a bet. And I and I was kind of um, a, a student or a person that wasn't real quick to make changes, you know, that sure. big of a change. And so I kind of put it off and stuck with my family business, and for quite a long time and then finally I decided I wanted to you know probably 10 years later I decided I wanted to start uh, seeing what I could do so I you know put my name in as a sub mm -hmm. so I started subbing here at the high school and in, in Hampton and Ackley and some different places and uh, Mr. Hutchinson our principal was a teacher at that time and he took a job in Nevada mm -hmm. to be a I think athletic director vice principal type position yep. And uh, so that job opened up, put my name in, and kind of battled for the spot and, and uh, end up getting the teaching job here. Awesome. So yeah, you didn't have to, you know, subbing can be great, but it can also be, um, you know, have a, having that normalcy of a consistent position. Right. Yeah. You're you know. not the real person in charge. Yeah. You're, Correct. you're just there to, to watch them for that day. So it's a little different than being a teacher. But I knew that by subbing, I, I knew that's where I wanted to be. Absolutely. Are there any days where you're kind of, you know, where you're like, man, I, I kind of miss the construction field, um, you know, today. Is there well, any time? That, like well, that's that? what's nice about teaching is I have my summers, you know, like sure. I say, from the day I get out of school, I go back and working with my brother who, mm -hmm. you know, it was a huge impact on my life too. Absolutely. Awesome. So, Hey, let's get a, we'll, we'll get away from the teaching questions sure. and we'll come back to them. Um, but, but what do you love to do in your free time? Free time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got four daughters. You're going to have to explain that word. Free time. No, I don't know. I, I, Used to play uh, poker, like cards, a lot, sure. and I uh, made a nice little hobby, kind of profitable hobby out of it. I've done some, so I enjoy that. Um, I played in the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas a couple times. What's the best way for someone to learn how to play like Texas Hold'em? Because we never played cards in my family. We always played like true board so if games. You, if you want to be good at and it, I don't want to lose money. But I want right. to learn how to play. Yeah, you can play for fun there. You can. There's online places that you can just play for fun, and mm -hmm. but it's a little different than you know. Once money's involved, everything changes sure. as far because you can get in, and that's where kind of the mathematical mindset comes in. Is if you know your probabilities, you know, you know the odds of something happening, and how much money's in the pot, you know, how much money's that you have a chance to win, and is it worth you know the, the risk of of making you know a call and being able to. Not only spot patterns in the uh, uh, cards and probabilities, but patterns in how in how people react. Yeah. You know, looking for the pe how people looking are for their tell. Right? Yeah, their yeah. tells, and that's what, yeah, that's what they're called. It's tells, and it's it's about noticing those patterns in people because yeah. people aren't that much. You know, there's you know several different types of poker players and people in general. Mm -hmm. You know, we've learned that uh, we kind of fit into categories, and if you can recognize you know how people act and. Yeah. You can kind of learn how to play that way. Yeah, it's it's um this this is going to be kind of this is going to be kind of weird to say, but I don't know anything about like poker or like like I've mm -hmm. tried to learn. I just don't I I don't understand all the rules and the and the hands and stuff. But one of my favorite type of movies is any kind of like poker movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Like Rounders yep. or Casino Royale or yeah. like I love I love those movies. And I, and I don't I love know Rounders. Yeah, you Rounders, mm -hmm. great movie. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I know that he needs to make a lot of money fast, and then there's Oreos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but or, yeah. that's his tell, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I love movies like that. I could watch them for hours, but like I'm also kind of like, 
I have no idea what's going on. So sometime I'm going to learn, and then you and I can we'll get a, Maybe we get a teacher group and start yep. playing for pennies and nickels. Pennies and nickels would be great. Yeah. I'm just yeah. starting this parent, this fatherhood thing, and, and I know that uh, I'm going to need every single penny and nickel in my life. So, But other than that, my, you're talking about free time. Yeah. I don't know if I consider it free time, but I you know spend a lot of time traveling around watching my daughters and their different activities and sure. stuff. and. And then I'd say you're one of our biggest supporters as a staff member going to events. I love going to watch the different, even if my daughters aren't participating, I like like watching our students compete. One of my favorite things is going into your room and you always have the, the, on your bulletin board, you have all the pictures um, of like, you know, the different sports teams competing and um, you know, I'll see you in the hallway. And one one thing I always appreciate is, is, is you, you ask me like, what's the game look like this week, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and you don't do it in a way that that's like, oh, I don't want to think, you know, you're always just like, Hey, how's it going? You know, what's the game? I really appreciate that. You yeah. know, I think that's cool that you're so invested in. Yep. Our kids. I appreciate the work you put in for, with our students above and beyond what the, the basketball program does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And like, I think too, when you're a teacher, if you go to those events, the kids see that, that you are taking an interest in them. Mm-hmm. Like you had talked about earlier with some of your teachers. Um, the things that are important to them are, are important to you. Absolutely. And, um, it definitely helps then when you have to meet with that student and talk about school. Um, like, Hey, I, I know what's going on in your life. And, um, you know, I don't, I, know, I don't just know that you play volleyball or yeah, run and, track. And if, if they know you care more than just in the classroom, if they see you out there, yeah. you, it's easier to relate with them in the classroom and get, you know, get their effort, the best effort in the classroom. Not sure. That, you know, I think that helps. Absolutely. So any other things you like to do in your free time? Let's see. Um, we, uh, I used to like to go to out. You know, if I go on a date with my wife, it was usually to a movie and uh-huh. out to eat. And then with this whole COVID thing, it kind of <laughs> shut it down. Changes so, it. Yeah. yeah. So we had to find different things to do. But uh, we, you know, there's not a lot of time. She's kind of my organizer. My sure. wife. You know, I, I fairly unorganized type of person. And so if somebody asked me, can you do something on Thursday night? I. Let, call my wife. What are we doing? It's good practice, right? Yeah. So she <laughs> lets me know, but she keeps me pretty well organized. Um, but mostly just family stuff and and uh, following. You know, I went down to the uh, state cross country meet, watched Ellie and Taya and, and Abby run. So that was really cool that they all three made it down to to participate in that. That was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's great. You know, especially when kids get a chance to compete at such a high level, like the state mm-hmm. meet, that's pretty cool. That's what I love, I, not, not only the students that um, excel at, you know, like Ellie and Jenny Whipholm and volleyball and Carson Shire and mm-hmm. football, basketball, or whatever he's in, but uh, the students that are out there day in, day out, sure. putting that effort in with, without being that, that top level. I love seeing those guys compete too. Yeah, well said. Um, all right, so the next question, every, every episode we do a category called Mount Rushmore. And a Mount Rushmore list is a, is a group of four. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean a ranking, like one through four, it just is a group of four of an all-time best or important or special um, something. And so I know you are a Minnesota Vikings fan, um, which can be, Unfortunately, which can be yeah. difficult at times, but they had a huge win this Since week. I was a baby, I've got pictures of myself in uh, Vikings pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was influenced by my parents heavily, back, or my dad mostly, but, but being a Vikings fan. For sure. And and I debated on, and, and uh, granted, I've become kind of more of a Vikings fan because my, my wife's family are huge Minnesota sports mm-hmm. fans, Vikings twins, um, you know, and a uh, big football family. Um, 
But I remember one time talking with you about like the most heartbreaking losses. And I was going to do that because there are a few. I, the one year that I had season tickets. <laughs> you told I, me that. I had one year that I had season tickets. It was 19. My cousin, Steve, who lives in Alpha Falls now, he lived in Minneapolis. Sure. And so he was, you know, he talked me into getting season tickets with him. And I'd make the trip up every yeah. Sunday that they had a game. It was Randy Moss's rookie year, yep. 1998, I believe it was. And they were 15-1 and one during the regular season, made to the championship game. Uh, the NFC championship, Up right? by seven points. Playing the Falcons, I think. Playing the Falcons, yep. yep. Playing the Falcons with a minute and a half left. We on the 35-yard line, uh, fourth down. If we make the field goal, we go up by 10. And Gary Anderson. <laughs> Who's a legendary kicker. Legendary kicker. The whole season missed zero field goals. He was, <laughs> I think he was like 34 for 34, something like that. Yeah. And yet has a basically a chip shot for him to, to go up by 10 with a minute and a half left, seal the deal. The crowd's chanting on, I don't remember where the Super Bowl, but it's like sure. Miami or something. Sure. They're like chanting. And yep. it's like, oh, cut, don't do that yet. Not yet. <laughs> and he misses the field goal. Misses oh, the field goal. Still up by seven. They get the ball. Of course, they score a touchdown overtime. Sure. Denny Green, yeah, it was a, it was a, not a fun ride home. Uh -huh. We had a, we had Steve, my cousin Steve's cousin with us, who went to two games that year. That year, he, uh, the, the one loss that we had in the regular season in that game, so we always kind of blamed it on him. I feel yep. a little bit bad about it, but it was kind of funny. But, <laughs> You're a little superstitious, right? A little yeah. bit, a little bit, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was a long ride home from Minneapolis that night. There will be some Vikings fans who listen to this and, mm -hmm. and sympathize or empathize. Uh, or, those those things stick with you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, which probably made it tough a couple of years ago. They had a really good team. You know, you get there and yep, yep. Um, I think they lost to the to the Eagles. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I think it was team. Eagles. We the, there was a, one season where we had Brett Favre came from the Green Bay yep, Packers. I remember they used him and he made it past the championship game where we lost there. We've been to the Super Bowl. I say we, like yeah. I'm a part of the team. Oh, there's nothing. I, I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. My brother will give me crap sometimes when I've said that, like about the Thunder or, or another team. And, and he'll be like, oh, are you playing? I'm like, no, but but if you're a fan, you are invested. You are a part of that team. You are a part of it. It's weird. You know, if you stop, stop and think about it, you're really cheering for a uniform yeah you know, that's all there is to because if the if the player transfers to somewhere else for the most part he becomes the enemy sure. now. Yeah, so it's a kind of a weird thing to do but it, you become invested in those teams mm -hmm. you know and i i just grew up my whole life you know rooting for the vikings and so i'm 50 years old and in 50 years the vikings have never failed to let me down at some point in the season <laughs> At some point, you know, it's over, and then we, we don't make it there. And this year is no no exception, although we did beat the Packers yesterday. That's a huge win. We did not find a way to lose like we have the yep. previous games. So That's that, huge. That was fun. So so we'll get to some positives with the Vikings. What yep. would be your Mount Rushmore? So I need four four players of your of Minnesota Vikings football right. players, and this could be because they're your favorite or they're the best, whatever you want to, whatever so you want to go. I'll with. start with, you know, if you say Minnesota Vikings, for most people, the name Fran Tarkenton should come to mind. Yep. He took us to three of our Super Bowls. He uh, was just an iconic person for the Vikings. He was kind of before my time. I think his last Super Bowl was in 76. So that was the last time we were at the Super Bowl, but he's one, one player that I have to put up there. Um, and I guess my second person I'd put up there wouldn't be a player, but a coach. Okay. Uh, Bud Grant. He mm -hmm. just kind of, he just, uh, he was, took him to the Super Bowls, but he just stood out as one of those characters that that's who the Vikings are, is that type of attitude and 
And uh, so Is Bud I, Grant, the guy who they brought out a couple, it was probably five years ago now. The yep. Vikings are playing the Seahawks. He's and, probably in his early night. I think yeah. he's still alive. And he's in his like early. And they're 90s playing. It was, they were at TFC or the, the, the Minnesota Stadium because the new stadium was being constructed. Mm -hmm. And it was super cold, and he went out there with like a polo. Oh like, yeah, no, walks out. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I miss those days where, where you know, like if you go to Chicago or Green Bay, they're playing out in the snow yeah. and stuff. And Vikings used to be that way. Sure. Now we have, now the last I don't know twenty years or so, we've had the dome, and yeah. now we've got the the new stadium that they just which built. is beautiful. It is uh -huh. it's an incredible place to go watch a game. Um, but but, but I, you lose that that uh, atmosphere a little bit. I can remember watching that game. Um, with my brother-in-law who was a huge Vikings fan. We had just moved back from Seattle. So I was kind of, I like to see, I was kind of had the Seahawks fever, but you know, I've since not really been interested in the Seahawks as much, but I remember kind of complaining about something that day, like something I had to do. And then I would like watched um, this coach, Bud Grant, as mm -hmm. he said, he came out there and just a polo. And I was like, I can't complain about anything. If this guy's tough, out here doing yeah, that, yeah. I need to toughen up. So, so, so th those are two guys. That's my first two. So Frank Tarkenton, Bud Grant, the next one will be a guy, a receiver, Ahmad Rashad. Oh, yeah. I love the name for one thing. Ahmad Rashad just seems like it flows. Did you know he's 70? He's 70 That's years old. That's amazing to me. Yeah. But I remember as a kid uh, watching him, and he had some games where he would just lay himself out there for the ball and yeah. make some spectacular catches. And as a kid, we would uh, play football with you know a group of kids in Bradford, go to uh, – the guy's name was – he had his giant yard. Uh, his name was – his last name was Lord. So he'd go to Lord's Field and oh, play cool. football, and we'd pretend to be, you know, Madrashad would be the name that, that sticks with me. I can remember doing that. And that, that was just a, a good memory for me for as a, a little kid. And just yesterday during the game, uh, Delvin Cook, our running back, scored four touchdowns, and they brought up Madrashad as yeah, the last time that. that a Viking has scored four touchdowns was – Back in 1979, that's and awesome. Madrashad. So that's kind of neat. So Madrashad would be my third one, and my fourth one would have, it's got to be Randy Moss. Yeah. I just love, I, I love watching Randy Moss play. That that one year he took us to the to inches from the Super from the Super Bowl. But mm -hmm. uh, and then even when he went to uh, New England, New England, you know, I followed him. I was rooting for him to yeah. to to get that Super Bowl. He didn't get the Super Bowl. They went undefeated that year. And lost in the Super Bowl. Set a set a NFL record for touchdowns in a but season. He was just he's just yeah. a freak athlete that yeah. just a, so fun to watch. My friends uh, uh, that I graduated high school with, uh, we're all still pretty close. And you know, I, I mentioned Dan; he's a huge Vikings fan. A couple mm -hmm. other guys, and then there's some Packers fans. So so they all always talk, and we we got in this conversation about is Randy Moss is is he the most talented wide receiver ever to not win a Super Bowl to not win a Super Bowl? But then also like you think about. People will say like Jerry Rice is the greatest of all time because his yeah. numbers are outstanding. But he also played with Joe Montana. Right, he um, had the support Steve around Young. him. Yeah, he had great, you know, a great yeah. offensive coach. Whereas Randy Moss maybe didn't have, you know, quite he all. He was things. the team. You know, yeah, he, you he know, would, and, yeah. and like Dante Culpepper was really good, but yeah, um, and he had Chris Carter and mm -hmm. yeah, Jake Reed and different yeah. players on the team. But he was the he was the threat. The sure. Game. And then they, and they talked about like had he played maybe in like a Bill Walsh Walsh system, maybe he would have. It set all these records. One of my favorite things on, uh, I don't know if you watch the ESPN on Sundays before, they have uh, You Got Moss. You Got Moss. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You got high school students and college college athletes that, yeah. you know, that are making spectacular catches, and you got Moss. Yeah, did you, did you know cool. uh, 
one of my favorite little nuggets about Randy Moss is that he was high school basketball teammates with this guy named Jason Williams, who was a point guard in the NBA for yep. a couple years. Yep. Really well known. He's called White Chocolate. Really well known for his passes and his ball handling. And those guys, and Randy Moss was like a stud high school great basketball, basketball player. player too. Yeah. Uh-huh. He probably could have went either way. Probably. He could have chose football to, to display his talents. Absolutely. And some of those guys are like like him are just you know athletic freaks, mm-hmm. and and they could he could probably pick up a tennis racket and you give him a week and he'd yep. be pretty good. At and tennis. you know, athletes like in high school are that way. That yep. just whatever sport they're at, they're gonna kind of make their presence known. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. So that's a pretty good list of 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 uh, you know Vikings football players. I think a lot of Vikings fans would include some similar people. Definitely, I think Randy Moss is like, you know, it's got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, say what you will about his antics. And right, but he, he always got a bad rap for you know with the press. You know, he's well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll play what I want to play. Yeah. And I think it's more about him just not wanting to answer that question. Sure. You know, he, he, probably after a loss or something, mm. it's stuck. It's stuck with him. But he's you a phenomenal can't, athlete. You can't deny his tape. You know, yeah. it's just it's so impressive. Um, and to listen to him on ESPN, he's he's, he's fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. His his perspective from about the sport. What I think is really cool on ESPN that they've done is they've you know they've bring, they've they've identified what players have have the great you know good personalities for for TV. But what I always love is is like you know for years and years you'd hear like a former coach talk about um, a receiver and and what they need to do better. But I love that they bring on a guy like Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, this is how receivers. This think. is how it really. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you guys can be mad at us for being cocky, but you have to realize we're out there on an island and we have to beat this guy. Yep. And we have. And to you have to have that type of attitude oh. to be at that position. You have to think you're the best at that Absolutely. position, and and you know you have to have that confidence. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. We'll go back to school a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your what's your favorite class or lesson to teach? My favorite class. Well, I'd say. A couple of years ago, if you asked me a question, it probably I went into calculus or some of those upper level mathematic classes because I get the students that they really want to be there. They want the, you know they want to learn math um, to a higher level, and it's, they're just I don't know if they're easier to work with, but their they, their work ethic is always there because they they've chosen to take those classes. But recently, I've been teaching like geometry and stuff that is required, so I get all the different sorts of students. And so now I've kind of gotten to really enjoy doing that, bringing out the somebody who normally wouldn't be considering themselves a math person. If I can get those those kids to actually put some effort in and discover, well, it's you know that's not really a um, you know I, you hear people. They're quick to say I'm not a math person. They give them kind of an excuse to kind of check out of the class, and yeah. and even their parents, you know, yeah. they, they excuse it as, well, you know, I wasn't a math person sure. either. But if I can get them over that hump of thinking that, I can show them that they can learn math to whatever level they want to learn it, and hopefully, and I kind of really get a big enjoyment out of those students that got over that hump, you know, through my class. I kind of like that. Yeah, I think that's um, a shift as teachers we have to make is we have to think about, um, you know, for some of our students, and you alluded to this, um, schools not hasn't been great for them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for whatever reason, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason, and, and, and for their parents, it might not have been great for them. And so like and that's not anyone's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we got to try to do is, is show them that we can be different and maybe. And, you know, we're willing to work with them, and yep. it can be a different experience. It's something, it's something I've learned as a teacher is that I don't know all my students' story, you know, their yeah. background and how they got to the point where they're at. It was so easy my first couple of years to say, 
they're just not putting the effort. Sure. You know, they're just lazy students. <laughs> right. You know, and, and you learn that there's usually reasons behind that. And it's it's once you get to know the student and you kind of draw some different things out of them, it, mm -hmm. it becomes the uh, more you know, I, I got to love teaching because of that, to, to you know, getting to know the students on a different level. And that's the best thing we can do as teachers is meet our students where they're at a little mm -hmm. bit. And that might mean we have to modify or it's a little extra work for us. But what, what's always valuable is that interaction. Like you said, a kid who, who maybe math has always been a struggle area yep. for them, but but they go and they're, into it. And they're having a negative attitude yep. towards it coming in. Yep. If I can get them laughing and talking and you know they see me you know in, in something different than just being their math teacher mm -hmm. i can get them to do you know to try for me that's all i you know if they if i just get them to try yeah. it'll make it you know i can get them there absolutely great great perspective so so we'll finish with this um you know what's what's your why why do you love to teach why do i love to teach that's a good question <laughs> that i I think it's kind of a selfish reason, maybe, is that I love seeing success. I love seeing um, just just for everything, you know, whether it be sports or whatever. I love seeing students and people around me succeed. Watching, you know, some of my favorite shows are those uh, on TV or like uh, American Idol yep. or or you know America's Got Talent, where they you know that they press the golden buzzer. You know, I love that feeling of of seeing people just with so much joy in their eyes. And I think that's, uh, you know, one of the big reasons I teach, I like to see those students all of a sudden hit, you know, feel like they've accomplished something. Yeah. And it makes a, you know, I just love that feeling. And one of the biggest things I love to watch is that uh, our variety show that we have. Yeah. I, I like to see our students supporting each other. You know, they're cheering each other on, whether it's, you know, the, the student with that's just an amazing singer or whatever, and then the students that get up there and they don't have that skill, but they're putting themselves out there and they get the support from the students. I really like seeing that. Same thing with our student section for volleyball or basketball or whatever. It's great to see those those students being a part of the thing, being part of the event, even though they're you know kind of in the audience. But it's fun to watch that that student section. Yeah, what a cool answer. And teachers definitely have that ability to. We, we witness a lot of moments, you know, we witness the struggle, mm -hmm. we witness the good, the bad, but when you see those moments of joy, it yep. makes, it makes all the, the other stuff that can be challenging worth it. You saw, I went to that, uh, the state qualifier for uh, cross country and seeing, I knew, we kind of knew that Ellie Meyer was going to make it, sure. but to see Taya and, and Abby, the joy in their eyes after the making it, that was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, uh, you know, I, I definitely look forward to continuing to walk by your door and see interesting thoughts to we'll have to, to, to think about. But then, um, you know, also waving to you as I'm walking with my daughter and you're you're helping out the family business. Um, but I really appreciate what you do for our kids and, and uh, you know, what you do for all of our students, not just the ones you teach, but the ones that, you know, you support when you go to their games, the variety show and things like that. So um, thanks again for coming on the pod. And yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Doing great. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Cadet Conversations and Coffee podcast. I wanted to give a quick special shout out to high school junior Isabel Nakazel. Isabel designed our logo for the podcast. She's a pretty talented student with graphic design. Um, so thanks again, Isabel, for designing that logo. If you like what you hear on this episode of the podcast, give us a like, subscribe, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.